We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Recording on the Spotify Green Room app. Sitting in for Andy Liu, friend of the show, Aaron Larsoul. Aaron, you bring good luck. Steve Kerr went back to the traditional Steph Curry full first and third rotation. Steph Curry with vintage Curry flurry at the end of the third. Warriors win against the Denver Nuggets. Are you going to take credit? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I also, yeah, a little bit. I also sent a a tweet out because I didn't um, understand why Pool was not in the game with I don't, I don't know five or six minutes left. I couldn't figure that out, and then uh, he immediately went back in the game, and then we all saw how Jordan Pool ended the game. So yeah, I'm gonna take a little bit. Give me like you know normally we do like a you know a blame pie when when somebody when somebody loses. So maybe a congratulations pie. I'm give me like fifteen twenty percent. Like a cupcake. We'll give you like a congratulations cupcake. So Warriors are kind of, you know, they're jockeying for the second seed with the Memphis Grizzlies. We can argue about how much it matters, whether the two seed or the three seed. The one thing I noticed about today's game, and we all know Draymond's coming back next week. They wanted this game. You could watch it. You could see Steph's body language the whole way through. He wanted this game. They want, in, in my opinion, they want the two seed. They want to establish good habits. Steph has said it about that. It, this game was played with a certain level of urgency, which kind of lets you know what, what mattered to them. Yeah, Steph clearly wanted it. And I, I've said this on, on your show before, but I think the two seed really does matter. One, I don't, I, I think Memphis is kind of, or has been in in the Warriors' head a little bit over the last, you know, whatever, 12, 16 months or so. Um, So I think having the first game at home matters. But then I think even more importantly, avoiding Denver or possibly Dallas um, in the first round, I think matters. So I think think not being the three seed matters quite a bit. Um, Yeah, I I, I disagree with you on the um, on Memphis being in their heads. But I do agree with you in terms of the difference between Minnesota and Denver-Dallas that might be 
I mean, that's the difference between five and potentially seven games, right? Like, correct. Minnesota is, you should sweep them, but they're the kind of team where a gentleman sweep is the more likely scenario. Um, Denver and Dallas, even with Draymond Green, those are damn good teams. They're going to make you work for it. You don't want to have to play extra games in the first round going into the second round. And even, and I, I think the, the Warriors, as we saw, whatever, whenever the last game was, um, match up incredibly well with the Clippers. So it's possible that that seven seed could be the Clippers. They would, as it stands now, are going to play Minnesota in that seven, eight matchup, which sure. it looks like it'll be in Minnesota. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that is a, is a, uh, a very big point. And, Warriors fans have seen it throughout various playoffs, right? They're, you know, their little mishaps, uh, you know, Steph's uh, little slip against Houston that made him miss a bunch of time. So uh, I think the easier path, whenever you can have an easier path, and as, as you just alluded to, get get it done with as quickly as possible makes a really big difference. So I think the two seed definitely matters. I, You and I disagree a little bit on how much it would matter in a second round matchup, sure. presumably against Memphis. but. I think it matters a lot for who you play in the first round. And, and just the last point on this before we get back to the game, like on the macro sense, the Warriors are officially a veteran team. Um, you know, Steph is going to turn 34 next week. Draymond Green is currently injured. He will be back. Um, we know how hard he plays. Uh, you can keep going down the line with the Warriors. Like, there is a premium on limiting the amount of exposure you put these guys in games. Absolutely. And, and and it's like, it's something Warrior fans probably didn't think about five years ago when they were younger. And like, it doesn't matter. It, it just, <laughs> when you're 26, it's endless. Like it doesn't matter. And now when you're in thirties and you know, you and I can speak to this things, things hurt a little more. Things feel a little different <laughs> when you're when you're older, you know. So it's like, but I mean, like, you know, even I blew like, my back out requiring surgery in my sleep a few years back. So absolutely, yeah. But it's like, I mean, this isn't. Uh, we'll talk about this, but it's like this isn't a deep team in the front court. So everything you can do to limit the amount of games you got to put on Draymond Green helps. Steph, no guard is asked to do more than him. Like honestly, like. The only, you know, like maybe Jaw, but Jaw's 22. He doesn't know what he's doing at this point, right? Like, so it's like he's young, you know, it's like it's it's a lot to put on those guys. Anyway, let, let's get back to this game. To me, there's like three different stories in matter of this game. One, the Steph, Steph getting his rotation back and kind of really putting his imprint on the game is one story. The second story is something that's been percolating for a few games, and that's the emergence of Kuminga and Moody specifically like Kuminga more so tonight than Moses Moody last game and the game one before maybe a little more Moody. They look really mature as players. Um, Very impressive stuff there. And then the last one is kind of Jordan Poole. He's not been starting. We all get it. Clay Thompson's Clay Thompson, but Jordan Poole is now rounding into form where it's like you don't have a choice. Uh, he's played himself into he he has to close. And we know Steve Kerr kind of prefers to go defense and Jordan Poole's not the best defender, but I don't know how you keep Jordan Poole off the floor. I don't think you can. Especially and 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 
as it stands now, it looks like Draymond is going to be back on Monday. But everybody has been saying, what is wrong with the Warriors? The deep, let's put the defense aside. You just mentioned it. But what is wrong with the Warriors' offense, especially in crunch time? The Warriors, you know, have like the clogged toilet offense it has looked like. And I think that while Draymond is out, especially, we'll see if he comes back. But I think Jordan Poole is the most important player on the Warriors other than Steph Curry. And the reason is what they are missing with Draymond, his playmaking, absolutely. Draymond also is the grab-and-go guy. Draymond seems to be most of the transition offense for the Warriors. But the Warriors' biggest problem offensively without him is that all of these advantages Steph can create by often getting double and triple teamed, nobody is av- nobody is able to either extend or take advantage of those advantages. And Jordan Poole is the one guy that can do that. Clay can't do it as as great of a shooter as he is. Wiggins could but won't. Jordan Poole is the one guy that can take advantage of those four-on-three situations that, that Steph can create when he gets double teamed and gives the ball up. Jordan Poole is making shots, but he is also a guy that can handle and get somebody else a shot. And that is what the Warriors have been really lacking offensively without Draymond. I think I think even going forward, even when Draymond is back, I think it's important. We all want Jordan Poole to be the captain of, of the second unit. I think it's important for Jordan Poole to play more minutes with Steph because he is the guy, especially and then when Draymond comes back, that is going to be able to take advantage of or use those advantages or maximize or extend those advantages that Steph creates because he's getting double and triple teamed all the time. And I agree with you there. Like statistically, I, I can pull the numbers up for you among two man combinations of the main guys in the rotation. The only combination that generates more positive basketball for the Warriors than Steph and Draymond. Sorry. The only one that um, generates more than Steph and Poole is Steph and Draymond. So that's the point. Like putting another guy next to Steph who can make reads and decisions and it, it's funny because like Poole and Draymond cannot be more different players, but you're getting at the same point, which is Steph draws two bodies. He's one of maybe five players in the NBA who draws two bodies the way he does. And I, honestly, I don't think anyone actually draws them the way Steph does. No one does the way he does. No one. You want someone around him who can do something with the ball next to him. And you saw it in the fourth quarter of this game, Dallas got aggressive with the trapping, um, one step not going, and they're like, we're just going to get the ball in his hands. He kicks it to Poole. Poole just gets downhill. Whether it's a layup, whether it's a floater, or whether it's a kick out to someone in the corner, that's what you want. And that's the sort of thing that, like, that's not Clay. Clay's usually the guy on the receiving end of it taking a shot uh, when everything's rolling for him. And honestly, that's Wiggins, too. Wiggins is best being the guy catching the ball and, and taking the shot from the corner, the wing, whatever it may be. Uh, Poole's got to be in there. He, he just he just does, and I get the 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 defensive stuff, but like, God, damn it, he's that good offensively right now. You're talking about uh, you're talking about Shaq Dudley, Andrew Wiggins, who got pulled in the uh, foul situation because he's like nine of his last twenty six from the line. That that's the guy you're talking about. Yeah, um, I, I want to avoid that one, but it's it, it, that's the other issue with Wiggins right now. Uh, you know, you got to hit a free throw if you want to be on the court. Well, I think I think and and Barkley talked about this, and I don't know, I have it muted now, but he's probably he's probably trying to tell everybody while he's still right, even though he was wrong. 
um, about the game. But he talked about the struggle for Wiggins and for Poole um, since Clay has come back because those are the guys that have had to adjust most. And and Wiggins is Wiggins is struggling. Wiggins looks like Minnesota Wiggins. But those advantages that uh, Steph creates, those four on threes, that downhill stuff that you were just mentioning, Poole is the only dude that really takes advantage of that. It's in the past. It's been throw the ball to Looney, and then he'll fumble it a little bit, and then he doesn't really know what to do, and then the advantage is over. Or Wiggins has been hesitant. Clay hasn't been great since he's been back. Uh, so I think it really, I think, I think it does. It is now incumbent on Pool to or on Kerr to make Pool a permanent start, permanent portion of the closing lineup. And I think the defensive stuff, especially when Dre is back. I think the defense is going to kind of take care of itself. Steph needs some help on offense. Steph needs people that can help take advantage of all the stuff that he does to create good offense for a team that isn't in the box score. And I think, especially, you know, with certain playoff matchups, I don't think the defense matters as much. The Warriors are going to guard reasonably well. They have some good, when healthy, they have a bunch of defensive talent. They have more defensive talent than they have offensive talent, even though they have tried in this past offseason to to get IQ and get and lean into offense. And I think it's I think it's important. And I've been saying this for a couple of years now, but I think it's important to force teams, especially because the Warriors are a small team. And I'm sure we'll talk about Wiseman at some point, but the Warriors are going to be a small team. And I think it is incumbent on them to try to force the other team to adjust to what the Warriors are doing. And if that means playing incredibly small, I think they should play faster than they have been when they are small. But you need to force the other teams to adjust to that. Why? Because their small guys aren't going to be as good. They're going to play, but they're going to have to play small guys that can kind of, that can try to stay in front of staff, can try to stay in front of pool, that can try to switch um, on actions with Clay, et cetera. And their guys just aren't going to be as good. So I think the Warriors should lean offense. Um, and I, I think Poole a, needs to be a permanent part of the closing lineup. I knew you were a child of Don Nelson. That's um, right. Not a boy. That's right. As, as you know, it, it's a Warriors. So you got to go back to the roots. Um, I, I generally agree with you. I don't have issues with any of that. I want to take it to one more thing before we, we take it to the goons. Um, Jonathan Kuminga. The growth since the beginning of the season, first off, I liked him coming into the draft, but I thought he was going to be a multi-year project. I mean that in the best way possible. The jump shot, the three-point shot specifically, going from that like sidewinder thing he was doing in the preseason to kind of, you know, his feet are set is pretty reliable right now. Um, The ability to play off of Steph Curry and be kind of that rim runner. Uh, He is developing so much faster than I expected. And more than anything, the thing that excites me about him is like, it's very clear. He thinks he's going to be a superstar sometimes maybe to the ire of the coaching staff with the way he carries himself. But like that confidence, I would rather take a guy who is overconfident than the opposite. I can't say enough about how impressive he's been. Yeah, I think I think you hit it exactly right with the you're not going to be able to like breathe that life into someone. I would rather have Jordan Poole or Kaminga that you are like 
looking for ways to harness it and tone it down if necessary, rather than try to get it into somebody because that just isn't very likely. The, uh, I haven't loved the, and, and to me, this is a coaching thing. This is a Kerr thing. I haven't loved like the last month of Kaminga because while he has become a competent, let's say three point shooter, a lot of it has been kind of him just standing on in the corners and he can make it when his feeder said he can make it. But when you really see stuff from him is when he is allowed to be moving around and getting around the rim because the Warriors don't have any of those guys. They don't have any explosive athletes like that. They don't have any guys. Yeah, Honestly, they don't have any guys that can just go get you a bucket other than Steph and Poole. And when Kaminga, he's not going to make a whole lot of jump shots, but he is a guy that can kind of just get buckets he can do some of the stuff that GP2 does, um, like around the rim and cutting. So I haven't loved him kind of standing in the corner, but he has these moments, at least one or two a game, where he's not thinking, he's not like standing spacing in the corner, where he just gets around the rim and does stuff that, like, frankly, only a handful of people in the NBA can do. Um, and I think you're right. His shot selection has got better. Um, he is, he's, He's more confident when, with his threes. He's letting them fly. And he's he's a competent, like, decent three-point shooter. And I will say this. You know, all the, like, Kawhi stuff and all of that, I get, like, the physical comps. If Jordan – I mean, Jordan Poole. If Jonathan Kaminga becomes a – right now he's a competent three-point shooter. Like, maybe, maybe not. If he becomes a dangerous three-point shooter – look out because he may be one of the best players in the league if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, everyone's looking for a comp. The Kawhi stuff was always unfair to me because he's like the most unique development story of all time. Like it's just not a fair comp. Like he's and it's Kawhi. He's first ballot, you know, like generally don't compare guys to first ballot hall of famers, but like watching Kuminga, you see all the stuff he does it's hard not to be excited. It's hard not to be like, this yeah. is the guy, you know, like just purely the athleticism stuff. Like he gets off the floor with the best, like top 1% of NBA players in terms of just like, yes, the ease at which he gets his head above the rim in general. I think the best compliment and like, you know, we can talk about, and we have talked about, uh, what kind of confidence uh, Steve Kerr has in in young guys right. and in rookies? I think the best compliment that we can give him, and you and I, you and I watched him and talked about it on a show after that. You and I watched him at summer league, yeah. Um, and even in going into the draft, and and from what we saw with the G League Ignite team, a lot of it was like the raw tools are there, but does he know what he's doing? Um. And it's good. This could be like, he could be somebody, but this is a, as you just said, like a multi-year development project. I think the biggest compliment we can give him is he looks capable of not being a minus in a playoff rotation. I think you can play him 15 minutes in a playoff game and not be terrified of what it's going to look like. And that's probably the, and by the way, the same is true of, of Moody. Um, I think that is the biggest, but Moody we thought was going to be a little bit more ready, but for two 19 year olds, one a mid, one a late lottery pick to say that like these guys can be competent rotational players in a playoff series. That's like, that's pretty impressive. Now it also, that leads into other questions about 
you know, trying to bridge two eras and all of that. And if they weren't, didn't look so ready right now, there's other questions there and trade deadline and all that. But I think as far as, as far as Kaminga, especially in Moody, like what a great compliment to say, these two dudes can probably play in the playoffs and you're not like biting your fingernails. No, I mean, that, that, that's the story of it. Like they're, they're exceeding timeline and I'm going to open it to callers right after this. So if you want to call in, press a button, but like, just the growth of Kuminga from the beginning of the year to now wildly impressive stuff. And like, it just makes you kind of like, it makes your imagination run that they could be anything, you know, at this point. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keep moving. Let's get to Dylan up here. Dylan, what's up, bro? Sorry, I was in the chat talking with somebody and I, I couldn't unmute myself. Um, yeah, just I am super freaking pumped. I biked 20 miles while Steph was going on his run and just, you know, it was amazing. I uh, nice. love that. Love Steph going on his run. Um, but the thing I just wanted to ask you guys about is what would be like your line for Jordan in terms of like, you know, years total salary on his extension like you know assuming that he continues you know a reasonable growth curve from here like not you know all nba level but you know just keeps getting a little bit better and i'll I'll let you guys go thanks that's an interesting question um so they've been floating 470 480 and i think i think those are very team friendly numbers personally Given that the cap's going to be 120 next year, and it's going to keep rising, and the tax will obviously be above that, if you can ink him for under 25, that's not a. I, I think that's a situation where you can always, you know, you're always in a good position to trade him if if that's the decision you want to make. Yeah, I think if you can get him for 80, then you. <laughs> you do so immediately. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. 
Jordan Poole's Jordan Poole's gonna get paid and and he should. If you can get him for eighty, then great. All right, let's keep moving. Ryan, what's up, bro? Hey, what's up? Uh good game. Finally learned how to close a basketball game. It's been heartbreak after heartbreak recently in closing games. Uh I also want to throw out my Kaminga comp just in terms of quick twitch, getting the rim and all that stuff. It's a bit of Duke Zion in him to me. It's like that. It's a raw, less polished version of Duke Zion to me. And I just think the sky's the limit for this kid. And do you guys think there's a chance he could close some games next to Draymond if he's locked all the way in? Because the rim pressure he brings next to the spacing of Steph, Poole, Clay is going to be absolutely insane. I love that question because, like, I, I don't know how I was discussing with you, Aaron, but it's like the ideal closing partner next to Draymond is Kuminga in two years, right? Like that sort of hyper-athletic wing who puts pressure on the rim but can guard out to the three-point line and beyond. And, um, you know, the question is like, how much of a can he do in the playoffs his rookie year? But like he projects as the perfect partner next to, to Draymond. Um in the short term of the playoffs, like, I'm sure he can in some matchups. I just, like, I worry the deeper you get. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Um, the the one thing that that concerns me now, I mean, like, ideally, the perfect partner with, with Dre is somebody that can shoot. If you have, if you have Poole and Steph and Clay, you probably have enough there, although... I don't know about Clay so far. <laughs> I don't know about Clay this year either. But the one thing that scares me with Kaminga this year, and I think he can and probably will get there, is I'm not sure that that group rebounds well enough. Um, and it's I think it's also kind of interesting that we've all just kind of eliminated Andrew Wiggins from closing lineups already for for this postseason. But that would be yep. my one. That would be my one concern about uh, about Kaminga is you know he's he's decent size he's even decent size for an nba four a little short but with that explosive athleticism um the one thing that would concern me is he's still not with all of those things he's still not a great rebounder yet so i I would worry about getting beat up on the glass fair enough i'm gonna move forward michael hey there how's it uh... going Wanted to know what you guys' thoughts were. Like you brought up that like we're kind of penciling uh, Andrew Wiggins out of like our closing lineups. Like what what do you think like our death lineup could look like this season? Like when we've been successful in the past, we've always had like a staple lineup that we can go into at any point in the game. And I just want to know with like form in, in account, like what do you guys think our, our best lineup is right now? Thanks. This is a great question, Michael. Um, Wait, uh, can I, let me, let me, oh, I wanted to ask a question. What we would do or what we think Kerr will do? We'll bring back Michael back up here. Um, a combination of both. Like, I know that a lot of people are kind of like very low on Steve Kerr right now, but uh, <laughs> either or, I guess. Well, we'll answer both. I think it's fair to go both ways. Um, so, so, I think the fundamental issue for the Warriors is I don't think Wiggins can play the four. Um, 
No, but Clay has been playing a bunch of four recently. He, that yeah. seems to be, at least defensively, that seems to be where he's being slotted. And he was he was battling Aaron Gordon a bunch today. Yeah, but the way I see it is um, if you have Steph, Clay, and Draymond, you need two players next to them, obviously, to have a five man lineup. One of them can be a whatever you want perimeter based player who can potentially defend. The other has to be a hyper athletic front court player, in my opinion. And I'm not sure Wiggins does enough front court stuff in terms of rebounding, in terms of protecting the rim to be that guy. So he's kind of in the question of being another perimeter based player. So it's like, do you want Wiggins or do you want Jordan Poole? Do you want Wiggins? Do you want Jordan Poole? Do you want Moody? Do you want, you know what I'm saying? So it begs the question of, for me, and that's that's really where I was kind of annoyed the Warriors didn't make a move, but it's like, can Kuminga be that front court guy his rookie year? Um, how much a loony can you play? You know, it, it, that's, to me, that's where the question is because I think the closing lineup will be Steph, Poole, or Wiggins, Clay, and Draymond. And I just don't know. The, the chink in the armor is going to be, you know, kind of um, who that front court player is. So I think what I would personally do is, this is if everybody's healthy and in the playoffs, what I would probably do is Steph, Poole, Clay, Dre, and probably Otto Porter, um, maybe Iggy. What I think, what I think Steve will do is Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Iggy, Dre. That that's my supposition of what he will do. But what I would do is Steph, Poole, Clay, Dre, and depending on matchups, either Otto Porter or or. Um, or uh or Iggy doll yeah. yeah yeah i think i think you're mostly right so but we'll keep moving dante hey uh can you guys hear me yeah we can yep. hear you fine awesome thank you um hey uh this is my first time calling in uh thank you guys for everything that you guys uh do with this podcast it's really great to be able to hear people talking about uh the warriors and first time i heard you guys was like well right after the 2019 finals and I was living in another country. And so I like, I needed to talk to somebody. I needed to hear some stuff about it. So I was just really um, happy that I found you guys podcast back then. So I just wanted to say uh, thanks for that. And uh, you guys are awesome. Um, and um, okay. I guess uh, gun to your head right now. Do you think we end up with the two seed or, um, or do you think Memphis ends up with the two and we end up in three? Oh, I love that question. Dante, appreciate the kind words. Appreciate you calling in. All right, Aaron, you go first. Who gets the two seed? Memphis. Or the well, worst? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I or haven't. I'll throw, I'll throw Utah in there too. I haven't. Uh, no, no, no. It's not gonna be Utah. I haven't. Uh, I don't know the home and road splits and the difficulty of the schedule for the Warriors and Memphis, but that matters. Um, but I will say that if because I think the Warriors care about the two seed. You mentioned earlier how much it seemed like this mattered to Steph tonight. Um, I think the Warriors do care about the the two seats. So I'm going to kind of take a cop-out answer here and say, because I don't know the schedules and, and the difficulty, um, I'm going to say if Draymond looks like Draymond, 
then I think the Warriors get the two seed because I think the Warriors are just playing better than Memphis if they're both healthy. I think it's I think it's like much like the the Warriors' fortunes in the playoffs. I think this is kind of all up to what Dre looks like and how healthy Dre is. I'm with you on that one. If Draymond is back Monday and fully healthy, I'm not convinced that the Warriors won't go on a eleven, you know, twelve and two type run to end the season. So, right. I mean, I they were twenty. They said on the broadcast the Warriors were twenty eight and six with Dre. So. They, they are, yeah. So I, I think the Warriors will get it, but I don't know. If, it, if if it takes them three to four games to integrate Draymond, that might be all Memphis needs to win. Yeah, that's fair. So, and then integrating him also back to everything, but then also with Clay, who he hasn't played with other than those seven seconds for however many years. And then Wiseman is another component of this. Do we think, do we think Wiseman's coming back Monday? Mm, no, I mean, supposed I, to play again Sunday, right? With the with the G, so yeah, I think it's gonna be a minute for him. Um, let's keep moving, Chris. Hey guys, how's it going? It's good. What's up, bro? All right. Um, quick question. Um, so it was funny you guys asked about the um the second seed because if we got the second seed right we i believe we will face a playing team so my question is is there anybody down there that has you i don't know kind of i won't say scared because i don't think it's a nobody down there that really stands a chance but is there anybody that gets your attention in the play-in situation it's a great question chris um so we we're talking about earlier. I think Denver and Dallas are better than any of the playing teams, but but I'll, I'll open up. I'll open up to you. Well, Wolves, Clippers, Lakers. Well, so but here's the thing though. There's definitely if assuming the Warriors finish second, uh, there is definitely a delineation. Like who's the scariest team out of the playing teams? The Lakers because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis if they're healthy. However it looks pretty clear like the Lakers are going to be in the 9-10 part of the play-in, which means they could only get the eight seed and then would not be able to play the Warriors. So right. it's really, at this point, assuming the Warriors get the second seed, or if the Warriors get the second seed, it's really between the Clippers and, and Minnesota. Um, am I afraid of either one of those as the Warriors? No. The Clippers, I think, are probably a little friskier. I, I, I think the, I think Minnesota, I think the Warriors are a bad matchup for Minnesota, and I think they will torture because Minnesota's not going to guard anybody. I think that the Warriors will torture Cat and exploit all of his movement issues and his defensive inattentiveness. Let's say, um, but we also don't know what's happening. Kawhi's back doing on court stuff. I would be surprised if he came back. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of Paul George probably isn't going to come back either. But I think the Clippers are, um, you know, Ty Lue's a damn good coach and knows how to guard Steph. So I think the Clippers could be friskier. But no, if I'm the Warriors, I'm not afraid of either one of them. With the caveat, like, is Paul if Paul George and Kawhi both come back, then that's a different question entirely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's get to Ty. Yo, yo. What's up, Ty? Man, good game. Uh, I thought the, the, the most important part of the win, though, um, not necessarily the offense, because even though, like, I, I personally think we get pretty open shots regularly, it's just sometimes you can't <laughs> trust anybody to, sh- to shoot, especially when Wiggins is doing his pumpkin impression. But uh, the, the coolest thing about tonight was uh, Kerr went with the, I guess you could call it defensively suspect lineup of Claypool and Steph, and the Nuggets didn't score a basket uh, for the last three minutes of the game. So, I mean, I never really fear the Nuggets. I don't fear like Jokic because he's a scrub on defense. I don't care what your nerd stats say. Like uh, he gets put in every action. In Real, okay, okay, relax, relax. Yeah, you gotta pay a little respect to the end. No, nah, Jokic is a beast. Don't get me wrong. Jokic is a beast. But the simple fact of the matter is, every time I watch him, every action is to get Jokic in it. Now, granted, you're supposed to attack the best offensive player just to tire him out. But it's yeah, just I was, I was gonna say everyone, everyone's done to Steph for 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 the sure, entire for run. sure, without question, without question. I'm saying it's just too easy. You have to go out of your way to it, like to get the switch on the Steph, like a basic pick and roll and Jokic is in the action. So I don't know, just something to, something to think about, but yeah, go on. Appreciate the call ties always. Let's keep moving. William, what's up, man? Um, has this game been the most effort the Warriors have played in the second half since Christmas? Like no joke. Like, like that, that effort was pretty damn impressive. And shout out to Poole because last year he played amazing in that 15 and 5 stretch, balled out in the play in, and now even in the Suns game that we lost in Phoenix, he was a huge factor. While unfortunately Wiggins didn't show up, which is kind of what's happening right now. <laughs> so. All I gotta say is thank God for Paul. He is clearly someone that needs to get paid, and we probably need to trade Wiggins for multiple pieces. Hopefully, the Kings could probably just trade Holmes <laughs> and Harrison Barnes at this point. I don't care about the 16 finals, but Matt Wiggins it might do something worse at this point without Draymond, because it's clear that Wiggins. Desperately need misses Draymond the most. It's like he's not getting as many fast screens into dunks. He's not getting any open lanes, and a lot of it is on him not attacking the basket. But I feel like Wiggins, which makes sense, he misses the second most important player on the team, which is Draymond. But still, it's it's been frustrating to see Wiggins be so dependent on Draymond, and probably why. The Warriors are probably going to move off in the future. So appreciate the call, guys. Good win, and hopefully, Paul can stun on Chris Paul in the playoffs. <laughs> that would be delicious. William, appreciate the call. Yes, it, we we will we will co-sign a Jordan Poole hesitation dance, whatever you want to call it. Make him t- make him touch earth. Let's keep moving. Let's get let's get more people up here. <laughs> 
Aaron, what's up, bro? Yo, so I'm not sure if you were able to see or how well you were able to look into the details of Wiseman's uh, first game back. Granted, he's playing against a lower level uh, talent. <clears throat> were you able to what, – what would you say is the biggest takeaway you got? Um, from Wiseman? From, from Wiseman, the positive thing that you're like, okay, we, he definitely can carry this into April. May. Fair enough. Okay, so I was I was watching. I I watched more of the first half than the second half. Um, uh, the Warrior game got too good. I had to dive into it. So on the Wiseman note, the positive is he's still the same athlete he was before. Um, he was moving the same way. Uh, you just don't find guys seven feet tall who move like that. The downside was watching him. I'm like he. He looks like a guy who hasn't played basketball in the year and who's still raw. So I think it's going to take him a while to get into it. But, like, if you're looking at the, it from a Warriors long-term perspective, the tools are still the same tools you drafted. Yeah. I mean, look, there, there's a, there was a lot going on there because um, he didn't look like, to me, and I've said a million times on your show, I, I, I was, like, the, maybe still the last guy on Wiseman Island. But – he didn't look like, and, and I think this is something that the the front office maybe has been, I don't know about banking on, but certainly hoping for, that he was a guy that could be a rotation player in the playoffs. He did not look like that. To be fair, he hasn't played in 11 months. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Raw player coming back first time in a while. Like, I, and, I the just, G, and the G is difficult, right? Because it's a bunch of guards that are trying to show out and, can, and get the, I right. just want to so, throw one thing. I just want to throw one thing out there. It bothers me when like Fitz and stuff runs with this propaganda that he's going to come back and change the world. When we watched him last year, we know how hard the NBA is and how hard it is to develop. Like you're just you're you're gaslighting him. You're setting him up for failure. Yeah. So this is like this is going to seem like an obvious take, but. I mean that with with it with some nuance, good, bad, and otherwise. I did. I watched some. I watched most of the first half, and then some of the second half. He looked like James Wiseman. He still doesn't touch anyone on a screen. Um, I don't know. No, to be fair, I also I don't know the what the uh, what Santa Cruz's base defense is. But he basically, other than one blitz after Quinn Cook cooked them. Um, he basically only played in a drop coverage, and I don't know why you play drop coverage against Quinn Cook because he's going to kill you. Um, so I don't know if it was just because Wiseman wasn't capable of getting out on switches, or that's just what their their scheme is. Um, so we didn't. I didn't get to see any of him trying to uh, go out and guard any of the perimeter yeah, guys. I, I will. I'll, I'll throw one thing in on that. That and that was by design. They, okay. were, they were purposely playing schemes in which they thought that that's how the Warriors would play uh, with the big club. And they're just – he's going to play and drop. Sorry, yeah. he, he is. At least for the short term, he's going to be that type of big. And at least the Warriors have guards who can get over the screen and, and play drop with the big club in theory. So he, so I didn't, I, I wasn't able to see this. I was, you know, streaming it on my phone um, on ESPN plus while, while I was watching the game on TNT. And from all indications, I think Slater said this friend of the friend of the show Slater 
said this and then um, on Twitter and put out a clip. But then also um, they mentioned this on, I think it was the, the Stockton broadcast, but they mentioned it on that broadcast that he was talking a lot on defense, which is a good sign um, because that is not something that he felt comfortable doing. I don't know if that was just because he feels like he's at a different level than these guys and it's the G and he f- found his voice, or maybe that's a thing where, you know, that's a new thing, but him talking on defense a bunch more is a good thing. Um, I that's also cons- been a, that's also been a focus for the big club without Draymond that it's been nonstop. We don't communicate enough. And it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know how Draymond Green, who's the, the best, the best in the league, at the that. best, the, yeah, and one of the best ever. I would have liked. Um, he still had some of the same stuff that it looked like he was hesitant on contact. I don't know if that's just him or first if it's hand, because he's coming back right and you know he's testing everything out. Um, he was still like not really a good out of area rebounder. Um, with that, especially in the G League, with that athleticism and size, he should be going and getting rebounds all over the place. I mentioned he still doesn't touch anybody on screens. Um, but what you said earlier is true. He looked healthy and looked like he was moving. Looked like he was moving well. Didn't look like he was playing particularly hard, but he looked like he was moving well. And there just aren't those humans. He's seven one or seven foot or seven two, two sixty a good athlete, even by NBA standards. And those humans don't exist. And that, that part is encouraging. Yeah. But, but I, but if anybody is looking for him to be any part of a playoff rotation, I think that's a fool's error. I think that's unfair to him too, given the injury and the setbacks and everything. It's just, it's sorry. You know, it's, there's a reason Steph, or, sorry, there's a reason Steve Kerr's been saying what he's been saying publicly, and it's not because he's some sort of maniacal tyrant. Save that for the Jordan Poole stuff. No, <laughs> but like he, there's a reason. <laughs> no, but but like, did I you mean, see the frostiness? It looked the Jordan Poole and 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 Clay. It looked there, know, there's something there. A little frostiness. There's something there. We're, we're not touching that. We're not touching that. All right, we get one more call, and then we're gonna call it a night. We'll get. Uh, VZ up here. VZ, what's up, man? Hey guys, how are you? Good. Um, I just want to stand up for Billy today. I think, I think, I think he showed out the little five minutes where he actually played some good D. <laughs> I appreciate it, VZ. VZ is yeah. definitely calling from the moon based on his connection um, and his take. Bruh, shout out, shout out, shout out, Maloon too. He balled out too. Um, it's been a while since we shut down, big guys. So I really appreciate you watching that. I, I, I appreciate that. Actually, we, we should talk about that, VZ. I appreciate you calling in. Let's end on this one. Let's, get, let's give Looney some credit, Aaron. Let's give Looney a little credit here. Yeah, he deserves, he deserves some. I'm as hard on him as anybody, but he deserves some. He is, he is the most unglorious player in the NBA. He might be the new Udonis Haslam. Like just delightfully boring, but like he did a phenomenal job on Jokic. He is a good defender. Um, you know, there's always trade-offs with him, but like I understand why Steve Kerr is ride or die with him. Like it's just you like having a guy like that off the bench. Yeah, I don't think it's a 
this is this is this is always one of those questions that and it's a Draymond question it's it's a question with every NBA team it is not like what Looney can and can't do it is what he is forced to do because of who else is on the roster um you're you're exactly right Looney should be a third or fourth or fifth big that you know a specialist but because of the Warriors roster uh, he is forced to battle Embiid and battle Jokic. And I, I sent out a tweet like Looney has the best chance of anybody on the roster of guarding Jokic. He also has no chance, but he was like, he's going to fight you and he's going to give you everything he's got. And he's a smart positional defender and he's not all that hefty and he's short and he can't move, but he's going to give you what he's got. And especially late, against Jokic in Denver's fourth fourth game in five nights. He wore he wore Jokic out. And so it Looney is basically why Denver couldn't score the last whatever four or five minutes of the game. Looney is most responsible for turning Denver's water off and he deserves a lot of credit. And it's not his fault that he is forced into doing things that he nope, can't really I mean he's he's you know I'm gonna end it here. I think Looney's having, he did a great job tonight. He deserves all the credit in the world. And, and yeah, he, he opened the scoring, didn't he? He hit the first jumper, I think. He did. I love the Looney jumpers. We're going to end it there. Appreciate everyone who called in tonight. Have a great evening. We will be back.